Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today we are going to be discussing mind controlling the web with Angular. Should be pretty cool, pretty fascinating. We'll see what uh, what's in store. Uh, so looking forward to it. Let's get started. Uh, we'll say hi to our panelists. Joining us today, we've got Austin McDaniel. Austin, what's going on? How's it going, everyone? I missed everyone last week. I'm really excited for this week. I hope I don't get mind controlled though by Brocky. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see how that how this reaches through, you know, the video if, if there's any magic here. I don't know, we'll find out. Bonnie, what's going on? How's it going? It's good. It's good. I were I was really sad last week because I missed you guys. We didn't have an episode and uh and I don't have that much human interaction. So I'm really excited to see all my friends again. Oh man, now I've got Two guilt trips already fired on me for not having an episode last week. Okay, all right. We 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 look forward to this every week. So, yeah, now it's like a now it's a responsibility, Justin. Some of us like, don't, don't have, have enough responsibilities. Some of us don't have friends. <laughs> this is the only time we get to talk to people. All right, all right. It's kind of mine. Just too. ask Samantha; she'll tell you. <laughs> all right, Mike. What's going on, Mike? Not too much. Just ready to fill my role as the human for everybody's human interaction. Nice. Because I don't get any either. So I need to be able to interact with you guys. But I'm excited if, if to I... be here today, an exciting topic today. And I'm not going to steal the thunder, but super excited to hear today's guest. But that... Mike, you, you just had a really cool pair of glasses on. And right before we went on the air, you took them off. Why are you robbing the rest of the people of that hilarity? OK. You want them on? Just for a minute. <laughs> yeah, they're great. I love them. I, I, hold on, hold on, screenshot. Oh, did I get it? I don't know. I got it. Okay, I'm happy. I I feel like Austin and I might be in a precarious situation here. Both of you have hats on. Are those tinfoil hats? Are you protecting your mind here? What's going on here? I have nothing yeah. to protect. So. Tallow work. All right, well, before we make any more assumptions about this mind control stuff, let's introduce our guest so he can clarify everything here for us. Uh, Alex, how's it going, Alex? Hey, everyone. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm so sorry I couldn't be in, on the episode last week. I missed it as well. Uh, but I'm very happy to be here this week. Um, my name is Alex Castillo, and I have been uh, part of the Angular community um, for several years now. and for the last few years, I've been dabbling with neurotechnology. So um, I'm super excited to tell you a little bit more of what this JavaScript plus neurotech is all about and about the mind reading part and about the web part and how that all comes together. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're stoked to have you. Uh, I know you, yeah, you've done a lot of stuff in this space. Um, uh, and you also, since it's up to you, you had a I think you have a game. Did you work on a game as well that did some, um, what was it? I'm trying to remember here now. It's a, uh, for um, uh, anxiety, I think. Didn't you have something to do with that as well? Right, yeah. So I've done um, some, some experiments. I did one that was about anxiety. Yes, you're right. And it is basically a, um, a panic attack assistant. Um, that works in real time. And it was mostly for fun during a 24-hour hackathon I did in San Francisco earlier this year. 
Um, so I can show you a little bit more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. But if you guys want a little intro, let me uh, like take a step back and tell you um, a little bit of the basics of, of what you can expect out of uh, um, getting brainwave data, right? So it turns out uh, whenever we have any thoughts, right, uh, our brains, we have billions and billions of neurons. And whenever uh, they activate in big groups, they, whenever those neurons communicate with each other, they uh, produce electrical impulses. So there are some devices out there that allow you to touch the scalp and from the scalp uh, pick up those pretty much just microvolts, those uh, electrical impulses generated by neurons. And once you convert that to a digital signal, uh, that comes in the form of uh, electricity packets that come at a very high rate that you can use. Um, and these days, with that data, you can do quite a bit, right? Uh, uh, for example, it could tell you how deep into a meditation state you are, how much attention you're actually putting into a task. Um, it can tell you uh, a lot about our brainwave patterns. Um, and at a very high level, you can do certain things, right? Um, and actually, there's also some methods that allow you to do some basic spelling of words just with the mind by looking at a grid of, let's say, letters. Um, and so many other things. Um, what I've been doing is that since I'm so passionate about the web, I have been bringing this pretty much this ecosystem, this data, and this ability to connect to these devices to the web. Um, and then I've been using that to uh, create certain experiments that allow you to use your brainwave to uh, generate some intent, right? Um, to kind of put it that way. Um, actually, um, I have one of these devices here. Um, this is one of my favorites because it's so simple uh, to get started with. Uh, this is called the NeuroSky MindWave. Um, and the part that uh, touches your scalp would be this sensor here. It's called an electrode. And it's pretty much a metal electrode that whenever you wear it, uh, you can pick up that signal. So. It's up to you guys how uh, how much you wanna um, like. If if we wanna jump to a demo, I'll be happy to just do a demo. You can uh, ask me questions, and maybe we can uh, have a little fun with that. I want I want to talk so, a little bit. Oh wait, again? I didn't I didn't have my hands up. I'm sorry, Austin. Go ahead. <laughs> so let's let let's like take a step back. Yeah. Uh Thingy on the head measures different things. Electrical. And we, can tap in, and we can tap into those. Yep. Don't you have so, too much hair for that? Uh, actually, this device specifically touches my forehead, uh, but there are devices that go through the hair. So, yeah, this, this should be pretty easy for everyone. We can use these for things like games and all kinds of different stuff. So are there web APIs to take advantage of? So how do we get the, this data into the web? OK, uh, that, I love this topic because how do you get the data is what I've spent most of my time in, right? So um, for you to get this data to the web, there are a few, a few ways to do it, right? 
um, you could potentially start picking up this data via node uh, or any server that has access to uh, different protocols, like either the serial port, your, your USB, if it connects to a dongle, um, as well Bluetooth. as or Bluetooth, exactly. So the ones that I've been using, they're mostly rely on Bluetooth. And if you pick it up via Bluetooth, then you can send it to Node via, uh, I mean, to the browser from Node through WebSockets. Um, you are also able to use the Web Bluetooth API uh, to get this data directly in the browser if these devices support uh, Bluetooth low energy, which is the spec that has been implemented in, in Chrome. Can you say that one more time? What is the API called? It's, it's just called Web Bluetooth. Web Bluetooth. Yeah. And is it is it kind of temperamental? I remember Uri was talking about this in uh, Atlanta, I think, and it was a little, but I think that might have been because he was speaking at a conference with a bunch of developers in the same room, so it was kind of tricky. Yeah. So the Web Bluetooth API, what it does, you know how you can connect to some, like, let's say you have a computer and you have a, an a separate keyboard, separate mouse. Uh, you can connect to those via Bluetooth. Let's take uh, an iMac, for example. You have the keyboard and the mouse, and those don't have any wires. Uh, they're being paired through the computer's OS directly, right? Uh, what Web Bluetooth is doing is that it's uh, taking this uh, pair, uh, be, uh, ability to pair devices from the um, browser itself. Uh, and, and the user experience for this, which I'm going to show you, uh, is a little bit similar to how you would do with like location. Whenever you requested access to access your location or your microphone, uh, now with Web Bluetooth, you can actually uh, be able to scan and pair uh, a Bluetooth device to your Chrome, and you can uh, read data and send data back to the device. So that's going to freak me out. Uh, the first time my phone asks for permission to access my brain directly, I'm going to be like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I just want to be clear. This device is read only, right? So there's just nothing that you can do from your browser, from Chrome, that is going to affect anything from you know your head or your brain. This is just reads the data. You know, so um, that's what it does. It's pretty safe. It's just electrical activity. It just turns out that there's a massive amount of scientific research uh, backing up how you can use this data to from uh, decreasing symptoms of depression uh, and mental illnesses uh, to be able to control appliances, to be able to control a computer in a game environment, um, to be able to do research or user research uh, in your marketing. And it's just being used in uh, so many different verticals that um, makes this so interesting and fun to work with. Justin, so, I saw you, you brains, So our brains, like, we're getting tons and tons of data. And, like, this device is picking that data up, and it's, like, sending this. You know, wouldn't it overwhelm our browser, right? Like, our browser is just, like, a cute little sandbox. Like, how does that play? Yeah. So, yeah, when we're talking about data, um, the lingo in the, in the space is uh, that each device has a sample rate. And a sample rate is basically how often are you going to get a sample of data from the device? And the the normal debounce. Say again. Debounce. Yeah. So yeah. So 
then the usual is uh, 250 times, 500 times. So whenever you see 250 hertz uh, for sample rate, that's like 250 times every second you're gonna get data. And for 250, that would be like every four milliseconds, you get a new packet of data. Uh, it does not overwhelm the browser. Um, browsers are becoming way more performant, as specifically Google Chrome, or especially Google Chrome, and many other uh, of the other modern browsers like Firefox and Opera. And if you think about it, if you're getting data that fast, it depends what you're going to do with it. If you're going to do data visualization, how often is it imperative for you to refresh a UI? Uh, because if we perceive 60, uh, uh, 60 frames per second as a very smooth animation, uh, you could then start uh, thinking from that perspective that you can compress that sample rate down to something that you only update every so often. So how much did those devices cost? So. You know, interestingly enough, these devices were only accessible in the medical field, in the research field, until several years ago. And back then, um, those were ranging for around $30,000. But today, you can get the very basic ones from anywhere from like 90 bucks to uh, 200 bucks, and then from then it goes uh, up depending on how, uh, how good they are. Uh, how many sensors, uh, how reliable it is, how good the design is, and many of the other features. But you can get started with under 100 bucks, and you can start experimenting with your technology these days. Uh, I got this one from Amazon for like 90 bucks, and it has allowed me to uh, just take it anywhere, give a talk, and show an example of what this does. I feel that I need to show you a little bit of something um, to generate, you know, like to, to get into the interesting part uh, about this. So is that cool with everyone? Heck yeah, let's do it. Heck yeah, all right, I like that response. All right, so. share your screen, can you put the device on so we see it, so that people can see exactly yeah. what? So is, is there any way you guys can see both the screen or the camera, or like we need to wait a few more years so until this technology becomes available? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we gotta wait a few years. Okay, okay. I think it's, it's gonna be- Unless you got a second device. Unless yeah. you got a second laptop that you could join. Uh, yeah. I can I can join from probably my phone uh, and being able to basically uh, show my face maybe from the phone camera maybe. All right. Just make sure you mute one. Yeah. Okay. You know, for 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 now, let's just put it on. I'm going to turn it on back here before I put it on. You can see a blue light. Uh, it's pretty much almost like headphones. I'm gonna make sure makes contact here. And then there's there's a clip here. Uh, uh, because it needs to, it needs to have a ground. You know, when we're talking about electricity and how we we're grounded, like it, it needs to have a reference for it to um, give you the the, the proper si uh, signal. So I'm I'm pretty much uh, ready to, you know, uh, start this. But uh, hold on, we got to know why Justin's dying laughing over yeah, there. Yeah, you ever roll with the clip off? <laughs> uh, no, uh, that wouldn't give you any anything useful. So you're, you're, you're like, half your head won't explode. It'll just not give you data. Is that the only thing? Yeah, yeah. It, my, my head has exploded a couple of times, but on the <laughs> inside. No, uh, it was just not good, give you any, any good data. Um, yeah, OK, so are you guys ready? I can start sharing my screen and, um, and just show you what I have. Yeah, go for it. OK, actually, before I do that, I want to tell you uh, a little bit of 
something called neurofeedback because what I'm about to show you is very related to that. Neurofeedback turns out that whenever we show the brain how it works, let's say we're showing a visualization of the brain waves uh, or some metric derived from this data, you are basically making the preconscious conscious to the mind. Basically, you're letting the brain know exactly what's happening inside and the brain can use this information to change how it works. Um, it's like working out, right? You start changing based on visuals that you have in front of you and let's say in a computer screen. And after you start modulating for long enough, it's like working out, you start uh, being able to change that faster. And a great application for this is meditation. That is, this is why uh, some of these devices are targeting meditation to help people get to a, medita a deep meditation state way faster, right? Because we're now, for the first time, quantifying uh, uh, exactly this data, and we know if we're actually in the right track or not before we just have to trust, right? So uh, I'm going to show you a little experiment when I am going to uh, show you my screen. You're going to be seeing exactly what I see, and it's going to be a web app. And I am going to try to kind of uh, have some intent and control some of the visualization. And because I have the information in front of me, I can see how much progress I'm doing or whatnot. So that is uh, just a basic uh, intro on your feedback. And this is exactly what we're going to see today. All right, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. And once you can see it, please let me know. We can see your screen. Awesome. I saw a flower for a second. Now I see code. Yeah, yeah. I love giving flowers to people. <laughs> no, it's messy. OK, so um, actually, this file here is a simple node file that connects to this device that I have turned on uh, from this library called Node Thing Gear Sockets. Um, uh, we're using RxJS here, and then we're using Socket.io as our dependencies. And we can create a client. In this case, this is actually the brain, right? Just to make it more clear, we can connect to the brain. And then from the brain, we can listen to the data and subscribe to it just like an observable, right? As an observable. And what I have down here is I have a very simple function that's called send to the browser, which just does an IO emit. So it's pretty straightforward, actually. Um, you could just change this to directly send from this function, but just bear with me. OK, really quick on that. I mean, this is pretty cool that you're sitting there trying to decide, well, what am I going to name my variable? What am I working with? How about brain? Exactly what it is. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Brain. You can call it brain. You can call it mind. You can call it thoughts. Uh, it's a little different than saying, oh, I'm going to name this thing shopping cart, right? I mean, it's just yeah. not as exciting as brain. Yeah. And then when you start using these things, you start inspiring you to write methods that make sense, right? Um, when, when you're like designing an API for this, which is what I've been doing. OK, so I'm going to run uh, this, uh, this file that I'm sh I just showed you right now. And uh, let's see what happens. Oh, right, I need to, I need to open the, the actual connector. There you go, I have my little brain here. All right, let's give this another try. 
Great. So we're getting the samples here, as you can see. Poor signal level is zero, which is great. Um, and then it has the EEG power by band. I'm going to get into it. But then it has some eSense here. And eSense is uh, the head test algorithm for deriving attention and meditation. And as you can see here, um, mine is fluctuating both attention and meditation, right? And what I'm doing here is that what I'm going to show you is that the flower that I have here that you saw previously in my screen is based on my meditation state. So you cannot see my face, but what I'm about to do right now is that I'm going to start closing my eyes and start getting to a relaxed state. And the more I can get relaxed, the more the flower should bloom. All right. That is so cool. I want that. And since I, I don't have my eyes open, please tell me a little bit of what you're seeing. The flowers opening. I don't know how it's hard for you to relax when Bonnie's going, oh man, that's so cool. I gotta have that. That's probably and, and not, meditation not helping. It's gotten as high as 84%. It turned into a drag. What does that mean? There you go. Um, so this is an Angular app. Um, <laughs> if you can tell for the little uh, fave icon here. Uh, but I program my routes to take different metrics. And let's just change to attention. And I'm going to pay attention to the flower and take part of this like neurofeedback loop. You see, so holding it open like that, having a high steady attention span is exactly what is driving my app. Takes practice. So you're, the device is providing you all this data, right? Hundred percent. I did it. Okay, good. Sorry, the device is providing what? The device is providing you all this data, right? The, the data that you showed in the console log—that's all coming from the device. So you didn't have to derive that data in any way. Right yeah. That, right. Yeah. So this is why this uh, device is so cool to start with because. You, can, you don't have to start applying your algorithms. I've created my own libraries to derive my own metrics, right? Um, but this, is, this device, you can use the essence that they provide, or you can start using the raw data uh, that it gives you to start uh, applying your algorithms as fast uh, for your transforms, for frequencies, which this also gives you, and your machine learning uh, classifiers. Um, so, uh, also, this gives you some extra biodata. I'm going to blink, and you should be able to see a blink strength. Ready? Blink hard. I, I think I'm ready. I don't there know. You there you go. So you can see the blink strength. Because this data actually is not just. Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, oh, there it is. OK, I missed it. Yeah. So this data is just not electrical activity from the neurons, but also muscle activity. Um, muscle data activity that it can pick up because when you engage with your muscles, you're also firing those neurons and it's also picking up these signals from the face. And specifically, uh, let's say this electrode is specifically my forehead, so it can uh, actually catch a little bit of my facial expression, including blinks. So uh, I also have other examples where- I got a couple uh, questions for you. A couple of quick yeah. questions for you real quick. Can you can you get it when it winks? So like one eye? 
Uh, you, uh, yes, you can get it with a wink. And what about smiles? Uh, smiles, this headset doesn't give you smiles, uh, but there are other headsets that can give you things like smiles, wings from each eye, uh, whether you're clenching your teeth or not, um, and all of that. So this is another example. Before you move on, um, yeah. because this is great. Um, first of all, I think Justin's trying to create a dating app wondering about uh, winks and smiles. Uh, <laughs> but, Actually, I'm more, I'm more concerned about if, if I had one with smiles, I'd probably break that thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But I think what this is, is and why you're pairing these two things is great is because I think basically one of the goals of the web is to be able to present information and to be able to convert raw data into information. And that's exactly what you're doing is you're taking this raw data that we're looking at scrolling here and yeah. converting that into visualizations and information that we can easily, because um, looking at this raw data scrolling, um, there's really not much that we can perceive from that, but to be able to convert that through visualizations into information is basically the core of what we try to do as UI uh, developers. Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And the thing is that now we can actually use data that is more human like and we can drive these things with more intention and more, you know, like it's, it's more of a human centric design, if you will. This example that I have here is also controlling how much of a glass of glass you can fill with beer based on your attention levels, you know, and, and it, this is just really, I've just tried to find out ways that you can visualize progress. Because at the end of the day, if we represent, let's say, attention and meditation uh, as a way that you can quantify from, let's say, a zero to a hundred or a zero to a one, then it gives you kind of like a timeline, right? Now, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the technology behind this app. If you guys want to drill into that, we can also drill more into the connectivity. I can show you an example of web Bluetooth. Um, yep. So uh, wherever you guys want to take the conversation to. I just want to watch the beer. All right. I, I know, right? Um, there's a question in the chat. Uh, Zoidberg wants to know how you get those Lambda arrows, those cool Lambda arrows. Oh, right. So this is actually a typeface that you can choose in this, in this, you know, in your IDE. In this case, I'm using VS Code, and it's called Fira Code. Fira, F-I-R-A. Fira Code is the um, the font that uh, allows you to have those ligatures. That's what is is called whenever when two letters uh, or three uh, intersect and they create a new one that represents something in between. Uh, an example, I believe, would be like the double equal sign is like this. A triple equal sign creates three lines. Um, and things like, let's say, fire. Oh, what are the examples of ligatures? I don't remember. Well, don't tell us too much because Zoidberg is pulling us off on a tangent. And this is really cool. We have a lot of <laughs> right. So, yeah. and uh, we had someone else in the, in the uh, chat, and I can't pronounce his first name, but uh, it's Gupta. I know the last name. Um, that mentioned that you can do stuff like this to play like music according to your mood. Yeah. You could actually, I could think of probably a million things that you could do with this, but. Oh, uh, yeah, I've done a lot of those. Um, yeah, so, so it turns out that the same way music can be represented, represented in, in waves, in sound wave, uh, brain waves can also, like if you apply the same algorithm uh, to convert to frequencies, you can do the same thing to the brain. Um, and what this gives you is at a very high level. Actually, I have a 
presentation that I can give you a little bit. I uh, hate to say it, but I'm with Mike. I just want to sit there and watch the visualization because it's so cool. I want yeah. I want this just so I can just do it. Like yeah. I'll just sit here at home and fill the bottle up fill it down. Yeah. Up and down. I'll send you a real beer, don't worry. So <laughs> these these frequencies they map to different like high level cognitive states. Like whenever you are active, you're you know, you're in an attentive state, relaxed, stressed, even when you're in deep sleep, you can see how this change. So uh, some of these devices, they take uh, those frequency bands or those frequency ranges, and they basically provide sounds that will allow you to get to a different state. If let's say you're getting drowsy, it will be the theta frequency range. Maybe it could play a little bit more of more like upbeat music to get you into more like relax or attention state. Um, there's also some research about the flow state of uh, productivity and how you can uh, uh, help the brain to maintain that for as long as possible so you're more productive during your day. That is so cool. So yeah. I don't even have to change my, my playlist. It will just change for me. Yeah, can I also give you another uh, I want to show you something. I'm not going to demo it, but this is something that I've showed before people really love. Are you ready? We love it. All right. So I'm going to show you something. Um, a couple of months back, I well, I've, since I started working with brainwaves, I always wanted to control a drone. Right? And um, I like you, Alex. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like you too, Bonnie. Thank you. Um, and it's like, because this is really about the fun, you know? This is really about just like letting your inner child out and just enjoying it, mix it with technology, what, you're, what, you, what you like doing and just coming up with something that makes you proud, right? So I use my brain, as you can see here. <laughs> then I use the same device that I just show you. I'm using a little bit of node and then I use a drone. So pretty much brain waves are captured with the, via the brain computer interface forward to node and the data uh, controls the drone. So actually, something that you, you should know is that I tried it at home with no protection. I cut myself. I flew the drone into myself. I don't know what my brain was thinking, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't great because I actually hurt myself a little bit. If you're going to try something like this, just make sure, you know, I mean, don't try it. But if you try it, <laughs> make sure you have like protection and glasses or I don't know, something because um, this Hold on, I have to know, how, how did you get hurt? Did this you fly the drone into yourself? I flew the drone into myself the first time I tried it. <laughs> this is completely unpredictable, okay? So it's, it's like one of those... Little, I'm going to show you a video. Sorry, I think I caught you out there. That is awesome. That is so cool. I wish you guys could see Justin because you can't see his camera, but he's like dying laughing over here, Alex. <laughs> yeah, so um, I can walk you through the code or we can talk about all the things. Uh, you guys tell me what you would like to do. I don't know. I, I, yeah, so, so okay, yeah. I'm just curious. I'm, they, they might want to see more code. And I, I always love to see the code, but I actually am kind of curious about what are the things you would do with this thing. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm very passionate about helping people. Um, and it turns out, you know, a lot of brains are, are really messed up. And when I say messed up is that we as society, there are tons of mental issues that are, are affecting us. 
and you can tell from some of the stats that are out there available that like one in five people suffer from depression, right? I don't know if there's a single person that doesn't suffer from stress at some level. And all of these are like, this is all in our heads, right? Think about it, right? So by getting access to this data, we can actually help diagnose and help treat some of these things. And when I say that I'm, a lot of brains are messed up is because a lot of this, these symptoms are really causing imbalances in the brain. And in the sense that a lot of areas of the brain are not producing enough electrical impulses or not being activated enough, or they're activating way too much. So we have some chemical imbalances there. So we think- Hey Alex, will you turn off your screen share? Cause you're showing me, but we want to see you. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. So things like I show you, you know, the, the neurofeedback can actually help target certain areas and use it as a therapy. So people can start activating some of the areas that have, been, have not been getting a lot of attention and create of a more balanced brain. So when one you ask me, what can you do? Yes, Justin. Sorry. One of the things that's compelling about that beyond just the, the health is that you know, people when they're in that state don't necessarily have the capability of explaining the state that they're in or, or verbally conveying that, right? So now this this data can um, bring and surface that information, right? So, so it helps. You're absolutely right. Yeah, like we, we think we know how we feel. It, it's all here, but sometimes it's really, really difficult to externalize. It's, it's just exactly how you said it. So we, I think that's cool. That's yeah. so many people in, and especially I think the people who struggle with any kind of emotional, mental, you know, problems, like they, they, at least the people that I've known in my life, they really in, internalize that and just have a lot of guilt and blame. And when you have just numbers and data, it's like, okay, this is not personal. This is not like your fault. This is a thing that you can actually, and it, it just really seems maybe like you could actually um, help a lot more. Yeah very encouraging uh -huh. so to, yeah. for them to stop internalizing and say, look, this is data. Let's do something with this data. And it just, it's very empowering. I love that. Yeah. And you know, the field mostly of data science, uh, it's making a lot of strides and it's making it possible to do way more with this data that we for so long haven't been able to, to really do much like this technology, which is called EEG for electroencephalography, um, has been, has existed since the 1920s. You know, and we're just tapping the surface. Um, I think this is a good opportunity to <laughs> let you know that um, a month, two months ago, I um, I decided to leave uh, my job at Netflix to just pursue this full time because this is something that I felt that was like almost like it was my purpose to start leveraging my skills. And guys, trust me, just like everyone else just a JavaScript guy here, right? But using that to start creating something that could potentially impact people's life, I think that is very rewarding. So I started a, a company called Neurosity. Um, and this is what, exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring the best technology to be able to capture this data, create the best brain computer interfaces to allow people um, to innovate and to create neuropowered applications. Um, how can we help? 
how can you help? You already are helping. You, you're you hosting me right now, so I'm extremely grateful for that. Do you have, uh, so is it, a, is it a profit or a non-profit company? Uh, it, it, it is a corporation. Uh, we're going to be working on, on products. Um, yeah. So you have... Um, the profit organization, yes. Because I was going to say there's like... Uh, 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 open collective and Patreon and stuff like that that people can do. Like the, if, if, when you're talking about helping people with this, I mean, I, I really think that the the technology and, and the way that you're approaching the technology is just like, wow, why didn't why didn't I think of that? Because that's amazing. Well, because your brain is very advanced. Um, but I love the idea of of using that to help people. So yeah, and I'm sure. And I I would say just talk to me offline because I want to see like you know what I can do to get involved with something like that. But I, the reason I say it online is because I'm probably not the only one thinking that. So if yeah. there's so uh, uh, Justin just put a link in the YouTube chat. Um, so if anybody's curious about what you're doing and how they can help, they can just go to that link. Yeah. Um, also, there's a great community called Neurotech X. Um, and you can go to neurotechx.com, and they are great. They're, they're the biggest neurotech community, and there's pretty much a meetup almost in every big city or major city uh, out there in the world, everywhere. Um, they also have tons of great resources to get into, into the neurotech field. What I've been trying to do is that I've been trying to uh, get people with a similar background, you know, in in web and in JavaScript to start getting into this field because I believe there's so much to do there, and we have this extraordinary and very smart human beings that um, could be also um, putting, you know, their brains, no pun intended, uh, into this to really uh, make a lot of things possible. Yeah, I think it's something I think you mentioned this earlier as working on like a library and, and things to, you know, handle that uh, collection of that data, presenting it in an Angular app, like tying those things together so that people could then grab that along with these devices and really start implementing any ideas that they come up with. Right. Faster yeah. And get to that faster. Right. Yeah. I have created a few libraries uh, to start collecting data from different uh, technologies. I have created a hub. Like all of the code, most of the code that I build is all open source. Even the app with the flower and all of that, that is all in my GitHub. Uh, people can go dissect that, get the device and run that themselves, change it or create something new. Uh, and I, I, I just want people to also like explore what you can do uh, these days with the technologies that we have available. Um, I want to tie it up a little bit with uh, Angular and how Angular has really empowered me and enable me to do more in this field uh, since we're in Angular Air. Um, so let me get, take, just take a few minutes, share my screen, um, and show you part of the code um, uh, for this. And let me know once you can see my screen. We yeah. can see it. We can see it. Awesome. So um, I don't know if you could tell, but this is basically this is not relevant right now. This is basically the, almost the whole UI that you saw with the flower and the beer glass. It's, it's actually just an HTML5 video player. The thing is that the way I am using the video player is non-conventional because uh, video are traditionally used linearly. And what I'm doing is that I'm controlling the playback back and forth depending on a metric. 
So I'm You're pretty much scrubbing the video, right? I'm scrubbing the video with, with mine data. I right? was wondering how you were doing that. I, I wanted to ask, like, is that you know Canvas or something like that that you were using? But that's that's really cool. Yeah, it's just a video player, and I'm converting that metric of attention or meditation, whatever that is, to a time unit that correlates to a percentage of the video. And this is what I love about you, Alex, because this is so cool. But actually, when you break it down, it's so simple. But it, it's just, how did we not think of that? Because that's the, the coolest thing. Yeah, it's actually, as, 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 as you uh, said, it's very simple. And this is how Angular has empowered me. Because just look, the gold here um, is really just like this line here, this current time. Like This is what is driving the whole application, pretty much, on the semantic side of things. I have a current time pro uh, property that binds to the HTML5 video uh, element, right? Um, and I am sending it, I'm binding it to an observable that corresponds to a value in seconds, and I'm doing pipe async. So I have my observable, I'm piping async directly to a video property. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm dealing with the DOM, but indirectly here. And in a very declarative way, I can get the whole functionality from this line here. And, and this, is, this is why I, I do most of my neurotech work with Angular, is because you can start prototyping and creating this experiment super quick, uh, because it already speaks observable natively. It, it already speaks DOM natively. It, it already speaks tons of UI elements. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to show you a little bit of that. This is a simple video tag with a current time that changes over time. What, what's dope about this is you could probably switch that thing to audio and create a turntable <laughs> out of this thing, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually have done the, the progress bar uh, with a value here. And that controls a progress bar, too. So you can just semantically uh, start defining your, um, your UIs. And I've done way, way like too many things. I've also done uh, visualizations with um, Canvas, as Justin said. Uh, I've done WebGL. I've controlled th uh, control things in three-dimensional spaces. Um, and I've done so many other things, including audio experiments and how to like, uh, uh, add, like add intent to audio. One of the things you did at a talk last year, I think, was um showing a blurry image and having the person who was wearing the device try and focus. And the more they focus, the more the, the image came into focus. And I thought that yeah. was really cool because it was, you know, not just reading somebody's brain activity, but giving them a goal that was really clear cut of like, if you focus, this image will focus. And it was pretty cool. Yeah, I actually uh, did that with, uh, it's actually the same app. <laughs> now that you mention it, let me remember if I know how to do it. Um, you just got to focus, Alex. I have an attention restoration. This is attention. Yeah, I think if I just if I just change this to an image and do attention, would, it, would that work? There, there is a URL. I I need to hit. Give me one second. Let's see if we can pull that. There you go. Okay. Yeah, it's a mind image filter, but I did that in, in the Angular Cruise. 
right. See images. There you go. I'm going to try to focus so it actually sharpens, okay? The more I focus, the more the image, image sharpens. So, I mean, this is another avenue of going, you know, brain training and, and practice and things like that, that, that this can achieve, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And for an extra challenge, can you focus while we're talking to you? Yes, please. Actually, <laughs> that, that helps me a little bit. Really? Yeah. yeah Actually, that, yeah. So as you're building these out, um, when since you've built multiple of these applications and APIs, have you focused most of the data processing on the server side or on the client side? And I've done both. I've done a lot of, there you go. Uh, it's the, less, the less I focus, the more it sharpens. Yeah, so I've done both. Um, I actually noticed <laughs> there are huge performance benefits when you do it on the server side, and then you buffer the data and send it to the browser, of course. But on the client side, um, I've actually done a lot of data vis visualization. I've done a lot of like time series uh, where you can see like the data coming in real time. Um, can but, you switch uh, back to the beer because this is hurting my eyes? I'm trying. <laughs> my eyes are trying to focus on this. Yeah, actually, let me see how my meditation is doing real quick. That was my favorite, actually, probably because I'm the the girl on the panel. There you go. But that's, that's basically the image, and I'm changing the saturation of the image based on meditation. Um, anyway, yes, uh, you can control uh, image. And this is pretty much a, a CSS filter, by the way. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so Bro Brocky, I've done a lot of um, the data processing on, on the server. Uh, ultimately, browsers are becoming more powerful and allow you to do more. Uh, you can see projects like TensorFlow.js, and until recently, Propel, ML, um, and uh, Brain.js, which is for neural networks. And a lot of these projects actually have a decent performance. It, depend, it depends on what you're trying to do. But I, w I wouldn't say it, it, it would be a bottleneck on, until you get into very, very serious stuff. Yeah, I remember when you first showed this um, a few years ago at NGCOF, is when I first saw it, at least. Um, it was you were visualizing just the raw data, which was phenomenal in itself. There were mo there were multiple channels uh, to be able to display all those different pieces of data, and then to see that you've taken that again, going back to the idea of taking the raw data and converting that inf information. Yeah, as you learn more about it is a phenomenal journey. And thank you for sharing it. No, you're welcome. Th thank you. One of the things that I find really exciting about it is the um, approachability of it. Uh, with all this technology that's going on right here, right? Like for me, I have kind of a problem with instant gratification. I really want, want to be able to make something happen right away, right? Yeah. Uh, and all these things across the board from reading the data from the device to, you know, wiring it up in Angular to, like you said, even with some, a little bit of CSS, there's a lot of little things that you can do to make a lot of stuff happen right away for you. So you can get that experience of, cool, I'm reading data, I'm seeing data, I'm doing something neat with it. And now I think it just makes it more compelling to dig even deeper and go with it, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think part of that is you, Alex, because you you have a talent. I think some of my favorite teachers 
are people who take super, super complicated things and make them just seem simple. And that's something that you're very good at. So I'm uh, glad you're here. Thank you. Don't let it go to your head. You're going to make me blush. The best technique. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. So what, um, you got any talks or anything coming up that you're going to present some more material on? Scheduled yeah. yet or what? Yeah, I have, a, I have a few talks scheduled. I'm going to be... Um, I'm going to be speaking at Developer Week in New York City. I am now based in New York. Um, so I'm going to be speaking there in a couple of weeks, um, June 19th. And then two days later, I'm going to be speaking at the We Rise Conf um, in Atlanta. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and between that, I, I also am going to be just focusing mostly on, on just talks here in the US, mostly on the East Coast. Uh, to take a break from all the travel. Yeah. What, what's the, uh, how can people best find you and this work that you've done, the, the presentations you've already done, the repos and things like that? Yeah, um, I try to be active on Twitter. So um, if you go to my Twitter, you can find some of those resources. Um, and my GitHub also has all those repos pretty much pinned to my profile. So people can, can just fork them, run them, do whatever they want with it. Um, so yeah, uh, I also write on my blog. I actually wrote a whole technical blog on how to create the Flower app. Uh, if you go to Castillo.io, there is a pretty, pretty dense post about it. So you can see all the, all the ins and outs of on, on on how that app works. And if you run into Alex at a conference, go up and say hello because he's super cool and super fun. Very down to earth. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll definitely say hi back, and we can talk about whatever you want. Obviously, they can tell from this episode that you're a really fun person, which I knew already from years ago. But yeah, yeah, you're super fun. Yeah, Bonnie's also super fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank we, you have, we have a lot of lot of fun people in here. Um, actually, if if we have a couple of minutes, I can show you the web Bluetooth because I feel that this is like so important for people to see. Yeah, let's check that out. And what's the, uh, do you know the browser support on that? Yeah, Chrome. That, <laughs> sadly, sadly, no other vendors have uh, taken this so seriously to implement this spec. Um, but it works beautifully in Chrome and Chrome on Android. So you can actually connect to, um, actually, let me just show you this. This is, uh, it's our glasses. But this is really a brain-computer interface. It has sensors uh, in the nose here. You can see the rubber. And it has sensors all the way back here. This is conductive rubber. So I'm going to get a little blind for a second because I'm going to take off my prescription glasses. But if I wear this, I can barely see you guys. Um, so wait, what do those run cost-wise? Uh, uh, these go for, like I think, like 300 bucks or, or something like that. Yeah, uh, and it has, like, channels like all the all like all here and here um and let me see if i can go and share my screen actually before i do that i i think i have an app set up for this give me one second you know as soon as i get off this show i'm going straight to amazon and shopping because <laughs> now I've, I've, this is so inspirational because i would never think to do something like this because i just don't know how but you just make it seem like anybody can do this if they have those cool gadgets. Yeah, you can just get started with the low end, you know, with the portable ones. 
Um, and that should get you up and running. All right, so let's see. This was a problem. I think I might have this app running already. Of course you do. That, that's my life. <laughs> the port. This might be one of my favorite episodes of all time. This is just fun. It is fun. I'm having fun. All right, can you guys see my screen? No yes. more blurry yes. restoration <laughs> paint. Um, port 4300. Uh-oh, your battery's going to go. Um, <laughs> battery. It's OK, you got plenty of battery. Don't worry. Yeah. By the way, I want to give a shout out to Brocky and the Angular CLI team, because this is what I've been doing to create all my projects. So it's just amazing how. What I'm showing you is not my work directly. It's like, like thousands and thousands and thousands of people's hours put into this. So I could like be able to do it. And, and you know, it's pretty cool that Brock is here uh, as a host and the rest of the people in, in the community. Uh, I find that amazing because that has been like, that has given me the chance to be super productive. I'm, I think it's weird because I thought Brocky's head would be getting bigger and bigger, but it stays the same size. <laughs> All right. So terminal velocity can only get to a certain size. <laughs> Are you ready for the web Bluetooth demo? Yeah. Yes. All right. So I'm going to go and click to my brain right here. And I should. Your brain wants to pair. Uh, you, you can see that it's scanning. And this is native to the browser. This is like from, from the Chrome tab, right? So let's see if we can find the device. Uh, the data visualization, I'm not sure if that's going to work, uh, but I'm pretty sure we can pair to this at the very least. It's taking a little while. This oh. was the tricky part when Uri was on stage. He was doing something like this, and it was pretty difficult for him to get it to pair. But yeah. I think that's because we were in, in a conference with a lot of Bluetooth. Yeah, actually. I think I already paired to this for my phone or something. Let me see if I can release it. I think I just already did. And this one doesn't have a switch. Let's see. So it seems like if somebody was new, kind of playing with this whole brainwave Bluetooth thing, that this is something if you get a device and you and you take it home and you try to pair it, it's it might be a little bit tricky, but once you get past this, you're good. So you just have to be patient with this part. Uh, yeah, sometimes. And the thing is that a lot of people, including myself, we're creating libraries to make this easy. You don't have to implement the Bluetooth API and all of that. Actually, let me get another device. Give me one second. Yeah, Bonnie, I'm, uh, I'm going to buy some devices for sure. I know, right? Yeah, this is so cool. What I'd like to do is track you know, that mental state throughout the day, you know, while you're working, like just collect that data and then try and figure out what does that. All right. I switched, I switched devices real quick. So hopefully this one can be found. Justin, if you do that, let me know. Cause I want to hook it up to Spotify. Nice. I'll be your first customer. Where Justin and I are inspired now, Alex, we're going to follow yeah. in your footsteps. I want to be just like you when I grow up. Oh, cool. I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> 
oh, there you go. I found, uh, I switched it to my Muse device and it found it. So, yay. Uh, if we pair it, then. Um, and which one is the Muse? Is that the glasses or the one you were wearing on your head? That's the a headband. I'm going to show you if I switch. But as you can see, this is the data in real time. And That's your brain? Uh, that is a, the, my brainwaves from different parts of my head, from four different parts. And those are brainwaves in raw state. No, wow. that's his brain on Angular Air. <laughs> yeah. And as you can see, there's the little Bluetooth icon here. What happened there? There was like it all just dry. This is very interesting. We should analyze this. This is going to yeah. take a while, Alex. And I'm kind of moving, so I'm speaking a little bit of my noise from moving. But I'm going to just calm down, chill, and let's see if, the, if they flatten it a little bit. Then I'm going to blink a couple of times, so you should see two artifacts. Cool? OK. Cool. Uh-oh. He's flatlining. Was that? Oh, I see the blinks. Super hard blinks. That was so cool. Okay, blink once if you hear us. <laughs> that was a little blink. This is cool. This is so yeah. fun. Yeah. So yeah, this is a completely client-side Angular app that uses web Bluetooth to connect to a wireless device that is sending my brainwaves directly through the air to Chrome. I guess I got to ask, is this component on push? <laughs> no. Uh, cool. Yeah, so this is the device that I just switched to. The other one is still on, so I need to just troubleshoot that one. But yeah. You have a lot of devices. I have a lot of toys. I also have the drone that I flew into myself here. Um, and I don't work by myself. I have my little friend, the mannequin. Uh, he helped me uh, on projects that I cannot talk about yet. But uh, he's Does my... it have a name? Say again? Uh, no, that would be creepy, man. Come on. A, what, a name? No, Alex, you got to have a name for your I group. don't name objects. No, that, that's, no that's... You, you should. That's like a thing. you got to have a name. No, but I, gonna, I can I'm see that. Throw a name out there. To keep your sanity, right, it, when you're dealing with the brain stuff. Yeah. Don't yeah. Name Panda. Panda. Yeah, it's got to be Panda. Call, I'm going to call him Wilson or anything like that. No. Cool, guys. So what else? What can I tell you? This is fun. Yeah, you well, need to come back. Yeah, we're at the top of the hour, so we should probably wrap it up. But we can definitely schedule another episode if you got more to, to talk about, because this stuff is very fascinating. Tons to talk about. This is so fun. I don't ever want this episode to end. You guys can clear the rest of your day, right? We can just like hang here. It's no problem. I'm actually starving. I need food. <laughs> All right. Fine. Let, let's get to some picks. Uh, we'll call it an episode. So who has picks? Just raise your hand. Okay, uh, Bonnie, I saw your hand first. Sorry, Austin. You'll be next. Um, I have a pick. Where did my pick go? I just lost my pick. Uh, okay, well, I'm just going to tell you. Uh, the CFP for Angular Connect is closed on the 11th of June, which means you guys have less than a week before our next episode. It's going to be over. So if you want to go uh, put in a, an abstract for Angular Connect, do it right now. Now. After Angular Air, sorry. After the, after, after the show's over. I was there last year. It was a lot of fun. Highly recommend that conference. Are you going back? No, I think I'm going to just uh, have so much work, you know? Uh, so I'm just going to just uh, 
take it easy on the on the international travel for a little bit so I can get some some of these cool projects up and going. So next time we meet, I have more stuff to show you. All right, that's cool. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. All right, Austin. So Microsoft bought GitHub. <laughs> Uh, I just had to say that because Brocky said he wanted to take that one, so I had to steal it. Uh, but seriously, um, seriously, uh, Kepler GL is a data agnostic, high performance web application for the visualization of large scale geolocation data, and it's built by Uber. It is like the prettiest thing ever. Plus, it's super useful if you have map data. That's my pick. All right, cool, kind of. I mean, the, the pick was cool. Stealing Mike's pick's a little bummer, right? So Mike, what do you got, Mike? Um, actually, in recent news, um, Austin will be leaving Angular Air. <laughs> so one of the thanks for the uh, time that you spent on the show. Hey, Mike, uh, there's a guy in the chat named Mike Morrison. He wants to know where you got your hat. I got it last year's and GCOF. And from what I understand, they are gone. Uh, Frosty even uh, asked if I had an extra one because he couldn't get his hands on one. Uh, so I don't know if there's any availability or if anybody else is making them, but that's I have I one, but it's not the same. Mine's different than yours. I like yeah. yours better. You want to trade? Oh, sure. How about, um, no, never mind. I'm going to keep mine. You don't, you don't want anything that's been on my giant head anyway. It'll be <laughs> I have no other picks. I apologize. That's okay. At least you have a good hat. Cool. Alex, do you want to uh, add anything before we wrap up here? Uh, not sure if this is a pick, but um, if you're in New York, uh, there's going to be this tech jobs tour happening on the uh, June 19th. So if you're a developer and you're looking for a job, uh, it's an amazing opportunity to meet with mentors uh, and speakers and people that are going to help you uh, get there. So I'm going to be one of the mentors um, as a GDE, and I'm really looking forward to meeting some of the next generation uh, engineers. Um, so yeah, check it out, Tech, uh, tech Jobs Tour. Very cool, very cool. All right, well, thanks a ton for sharing your time, coming on, uh, sharing this information with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Definitely, definitely. And we'll uh, we'll schedule that that follow up episode at some point as Part well. Two. All right. All right. Good luck in your uh, ventures going forward, and we really look forward to seeing more. Thank you guys. All right. Take it easy. We'll see you next week. Later. Yeah.